Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Johnny Five. Yeah, it's because of your governor. Your governor, that's it's all his fault. So what's good, man? How, how have you been? Uh, I've been doing great, man. Uh, it's been a while since we've done a podcast. I know, dude. This is nuts. I know. I'm sure. Dude, I'm I sure. to uh, ask you some questions for, like, the listeners I got. The ones that are going to shoot the uh, the one million BC shoot. Okay. You got any good uh, insider tips for us? Because it used to be like uh, a big wig over there at SFA. Yeah, I mean, I still I still hear a lot of people talking about me over there. You know, <laughs> I don't know if it's good or bad, but. Um, uh, probably not the best. But hey, you know, you know what the you know, hey, uh, any atten- even bad attention is good attention. Yeah, I guess so, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, I would say, well, you know, this year I know it's going to be a little different because they're not going to have camping uh, uh-huh. allowed, uh, you know, up on the 100-yard range uh, where we normally shoot our, our uh, like, you know, your state 900. Um, I think I think the big thing is just not having enough volunteers, uh, uh-huh. you know, to kind of supervise and manage um, right. that many people. You know, plus parking is going to be a bit of a challenge this year because, uh, you know, the city has been doing a lot of work out there, um, you know, and so th- there'll be a little less parking. So, yeah, you know, to also have people camping out in the parking lot because people camped out in the parking lot, too, not just up on the hundred yarder. And uh-huh. so, you know, if there's people setting up tents in the parking lot. You know, that's four cars that could park where one guy is just taking up a space, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so they need to take advantage of every inch of space they got there. So, but, um, and then, uh, as far as the course layout goes, I'm sure it'll be similar to last year. Um, couple, couple targets to really note would be like, uh, there's like three really short targets. Uh huh. Um, and I think they do that just to fill up some space uh, for people to shoot, uh-huh. you know, because there's a couple places where there's, you know, usual backups and in, in some of the longer targets, but nothing uh-huh. too crazy. So there's usually there, like, keep it flowing. yeah, so there's usually like a three yarder, um, like in a four yarder um, uh-huh. and um, where they you know, so the, the best way to describe it is, if you've ever been in Nevada City, <coughs> sorry about that. They they set up a um, a uh, <clears throat> paper target with a bunch of like dime-sized dots to aim at. Uh huh. So so when you know you aim at those those dots there, and uh, that gives you um, your three and forty-yard shot. So you want to make sure your shorts are ready for that. Um, the longest target will be 101 yards. It'll be the woolly mammoth. Uh-huh. So you'll want to make sure to be ready for that. Yeah. 
I, I, you know, on the last podcast I did, I was saying, like, have your sight marks dialed in. I was like, have your two, three, and four yard, you know, your short stuff dialed in. And then, uh, yeah, just have all your solid shit in, plus your third axis. You find third axis plays, plays into uh, the shots there? At, a lot. A lot, especially on the – so the range is set up in two, two courses. They got the white range, <clears throat> and they got the red range. Um, the white range is, I'm going to say fairly easy. Um, the lake shot is a tough shot because it's an, it's, uh, normally, uh, an 80 yard walk up if you're shooting a field round. Um, but usually, but that target, they set up an elk target there <clears throat> at 80 yards. And so there's a strong crosswind from the lake, uh-huh. but, but it does a swirling motion. So sometimes the wind is hitting you directly in your face, <clears throat> but down where the target is, the wind is hitting really hard to the right. That's and the, it uh, can, that's the one that's by the pond, right? Yeah. She, we call it the lake shot, but it's just like that one, that one can be tricky because it's, you know, it, it's erratic. It, it consi- I'm going to say if it's blowing hard, it's usually to the right, but sometimes it blows to the left. Uh-huh. So it can throw you off a little bit because sometimes the wind is blowing you <clears throat> one way, but downrange the wind is doing something completely opposite. Uh huh. So right. There's also on the red range. There's uh, like an uphill shot that is extremely steep. I want to say it's like 35 yards, but it's really steep uphill. You know, it's like yeah. A so shack. yeah. So the red range is comprised of more uphills and downhills shots. Um, you know, man, easy, I'm going to say manageable targets, like easy ranges, you know, 45 and under, but difficult uh-huh. um, because of the angles and, and, uh, and uh, the white range is challenging. I'm going to say the white range is easy, definitely easier than the red range, but there's a lot of side hill uh-huh. on the white range. So there's a lot of misleading shots. You know, you think, you think you're, you, it feels like you're level, but you're, or I'm, excuse me, it, it, the shots are level, but you feel like you're not level because of the side hill, you uh-huh. know? So there's a lot of, you know, tricky, tricky shots like that, um, which is good. I mean, it's meant, it's meant to be challenging. It's not, it's not a giveaway. You know, there hasn't been a whole lot of stellar score shot at that event. And, right. um, and I think it's, it's not that a lot of targets and it's like, they're not like, it's not like a mix of crazy difficult and easy. It's like a bunch of like kind of like moderately difficult shots. Yeah, I like think medium, medium difficult shots. I'm going to say medium to difficult shots. Um, yeah, I still think that probably Fresno is the hardest one, a little bit harder because of the heat. You think Fresno is uh, the hardest? Well, Fresno is than the BC shoot just because of the heat. Um, what? Uh, no way, dude. Huh? The Fresno Safari with the giant ass dots is harder than the BC shoot? No, I'm saying because of the heat, the temperature, your body, you know, like, you know, it's like 100, <laughs> 100 degrees. It, you know, like uh, oh, the Pacifica okay. range, the Pacifica range is, is, is got a nice uh, temperature wise. It's You need to wear, yeah. you should be wearing a sweater or dressing up. So you're, yeah, you know, or, you know so, some kind of Kuyu, like some Kuyu would be good, like a Kuyu, uh, or or Sitka, or no, uh, no, or I'm First Light, or crap, and 
first light, the zippers will bust. So well, they're sure not they're like, not made for the uh, you know the, the gifted, gifted the gifted down 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 <laughs> south. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> whatever whatever cold weather gear you have, you're gonna want to wear it for for definitely for the BC shoot. Yeah, um, that's what I was saying in the last podcast. I was saying layering is a good idea. Yeah. It, I'm gonna. The only reason I brought up Fresno is because like Fresno is an easy course to shoot, but uh-huh. it's but because of the the heat, you know it you know it it to me it's difficult because it's the Pacifica Range, the 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 shots are more difficult, but the environment is a lot more, uh, you know, is a lot nicer environment. Hold on. The weather, the weather in Pacifica is so much more, uh, a better environment to shoot in because it's nice and cool. Yeah, it's um, nice. I mean, it can yeah. get a little, it can get a little, a little rainy out there, can it? It gets a little foggy, but nothing, nothing that obstructs, nothing uh-huh. that obstructs the, you know, that obstructs your shooting. Yeah, you know, it's it's, uh, yeah. so. But but there's definitely some challenging shots, and I think like the probably the most difficult one is the pterodactyl on the red range. Yeah, uh, it's a 88 it uses, yard pterodactyl, right? It's an 88 yard target with a like 50 yard dot. Woo! I love it. I you love know? it when it's a uh, tiny dot, but it you know which I like little dots myself personally. Uh huh. Um, yeah, no, me too. I, I can't hit them. I just want, you know, I like the, I, it really weeds, it weeds people out. You know what I mean? For sure. I like, like break the barriers. Like I love those little dots. Like that was, yeah. that was, you know, in my opinion, break that's, the barriers that's really the direction. That's the direction Safari needs to go. Is little, <laughs> is, is, uh, Reinhardt target targets and the little dots. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, it probably will. Like in the future, I could imagine it going that way, yeah. just so that there's not so many. You know, it'll kind of even the playing field, I guess, for some people. Yeah, yeah I think I, I think it. I think uh, I think you know, with an orange dot, you know, you can hit the dot. With, yeah. When you're when you're trying to go shoot extra middle, it definitely, it definitely will weed out. You know, when I say weed anybody out. It's just it's more difficult. We're not yeah. trying to weed anybody out. We're just trying to <laughs> spread yeah, out the scores guys, a little bit. Trying to do. We're trying to lower the score. <laughs> <laughs> not for me. I'm trying to make it harder. <laughs> do you guys remember who won it last year? Or not last year, the year before? Oh, if it wasn't me, then I don't. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> well, I think uh, in the pro class, I think it was Brandon Williamson, right? Yeah, I mean, it's always safe to say, you know, anytime that you're like, reminiscing or thinking back on like you remember who won that shot like that shoot you, if you say brandon williamson like like it's believable so it'd be like yeah it was i think it was brandon probably was and it probably was brandon i think he punched his way to like a 920 or something maybe 921 yeah i can't remember yeah he beat me. brandon brandon's been punching that release before it was popular so oh i said 920 but 13 what was it out of 1360 or something like that um it's 63 targets so i believe it it's like uh something like that yeah it's a lot of points yeah and like i said the three extra targets are just the short ones Uh uh-huh but Uh yeah well that's cool so you pretty much like 
on my last podcast episode, called out like the hunting rider, the shorties, that's your homework. You know, it's just homework shots. You can get them if you shoot them in. The pterodactyl, I think I mentioned. The 30-yard uphill. Is there any others that you think might be throwing curveballs with people? No. I think, I think. Um, I mean, if you've shot Redding you, and you've shot, like, a, you know, Cougar Mountain, you've shot the Oregon Safari or you've shot Fresno or you've shot Lodi or you shot Nevada City, like, you should be prepared or you should – be ready for the bc shoot you know you should be ready for bc right you should be ready for the bc shoot if you don't if your third axis isn't set by now or like if there's any (laughs) let me put it this way if there's any excuses uh for not shooting well at the bc shoot then it's like (laughs) i i don't know what to say like it's not it's not an easy course but like you should have had everything worked out by 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 now if you're if you're a target shooter and you've been to all the other events you should have everything worked out. If, if you if you're confident in your marks, you're uh-huh. uh, you know you're you're you got your third, second, and third axis is good. Um, well, it, there's no. Okay. I got a good friend who um, he shot really good at Cougar Mountain, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's been like trying to get his boated. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know he might have he might have changed some stuff, so. I mean, granted, his third axis should still be on, but. I mean, I don't want to like, I don't want to like, I don't want to like, you know, call anybody out. So, like, <laughs> like, we'll we'll just call him Austin W. No, no, it's not Austin. <laughs> oh, wait, that's too obvious. Let's call him A Watts. No, no, it's not Austin. It's not Austin. <laughs> oh, okay. Austin's always wrenching on his bow. Austin's you know? always ready, but see, Austin, but see, Austin can wrench on his bow. And yeah, if he makes yeah. it, he he makes it an adjustment. Um, it's a it's very objective, and and it and it's nothing that will change. I, in my opinion, like the rhythm and timing of a shot. Right. You know, right. it's just. So do you think that's adju- the most crucial thing with the bow? Is like the, the way you get like your timing, timing your shot timing in. I think I, I think there's a certain rhythm that you need to be in, you know, or that you find and you get into. Uh-huh. And, and, um, you know, how quickly you can get in and out of that rhythm is, is I think what makes some of the better shooters, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, uh, yeah, Blake, Blake some, was saying he puts a, a huge emphasis on shot timing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, honestly, like, uh, when, when I was getting my level four, um, sort of, uh, coaching certification down in Chula Vista, like. Like that, that's kind of like a big thing with like Olympic recurve shooters is, is getting into a good rhythm. Really? You know, there, there's a, and, and, and in fact, that's rhythm and timing are, are not, those aren't my words. Those are, you know, coach Lee's words, you know, rhythm and timing is a very important, very uh-huh. important. Do they use something like a metronome or, or like a stopwatch or something to, to check people's timing? Like um, that, that I, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you that. Um, I wonder, I wonder how but, much people do or if they just, but, but I imagine it's, inter- it's internal, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's a matter of, to me, it's like, you know what your shot feels like, right? Yeah. And then, and there's a, a, like a rhythm that you get into from, from arrow to arrow, from target to target. Right. And, uh-huh. and somebody who's shooting good can get up to the the stake and then hit play and 
and not miss a beat. Right. You know, you know, and, 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 you know, and I think by this, yeah. But so I think for the BC shoot, I think if by this point in the game, like, you know, if you, if you don't have all your equipment stuff worked out, like, I don't, this is not a a shoot where you're going to get away with anything. Right. I don't think there's any give me's on this on at the BC shoot. I would agree. There's yeah, to me, there's too many targets and there's too many like variables. You know what I mean? If you're not on your game, you're gonna miss something. You're gonna you're gonna miss a twenty two or you're gonna get you're gonna get got somewhere along this range. Let me put it this way, the dots on this tournament are not generous most years. Uh, correct. They're correct. they're the correct size dots. Let me emphasize the dots are correctly sized but they're uh-huh. going to be at the furthest possible distance for whatever you would shoot that dot size. Right. So like the, the, the best analogy I can give you is if you're shooting um, like the, a 30 yard fan on a field target, right? Uh-huh. That's the smallest possible dot for the furthest distance. Right. You know, and it's like that for almost every single shot. Right. It's, the, it it's the correct 50. dot. It's the correct dot for that distance, but it's the furthest, you know, uh-huh. for that distance, not the closest. Like, you know, I don't know if you've anybody who's ever shot any kind of safaris on the spot hog targets. If you look on the target, it tells you what range to set them. It'll say use this target from 17 to 23 yards or use it from 23 to 27. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the uh-huh. BC shoot is going to have all the correct dot sizes, but it, it's almost you're shooting them from the furthest almost the furthest possible, you know, possible state uh, every shot. Right. So, so well, that's cool. Um, I, I do. Yeah. I do also like that when, uh, when you can like rely on all the sizes to be something like, that means you could practice for this by shooting a field round or, or just shooting like your field course. Right. Yeah. And I think the lighting too, because it, it is overcast almost the entire day. There's no sun almost uh-huh. the entire day. Uh, and I could be wrong. This could be the year that, that, you know, there is sun. But I think when you're shooting in, in low lighting, um, like you are, the orange doesn't look orange. It doesn't look the same. So, so you know, it's deceiving, you know. Everything right. looks smaller. But, right. but anyways, yeah, I mean, it, I won't – I have to work that Saturday, so I won't be at the, the BC shoot on Saturday, but I'll be there on, on Sunday. That's um, cool, dude. Yeah. That's uh, cool. Making sure all, making sure all of our, uh, I don't know. I'll probably, I'll probably bring, I'll probably bring my hunting bow because I, I, uh, bring your target bow, Rudy, just bring your target bow. You got to get out there and step on some necks, dude. Well, I just got, I just got a new scope housing that I want to play around with. So I'll set that up. Wow, man. I got, I got a, an axis deer hunt end of september that i'm going on so hey, you know yeah, i want to yeah, make yeah. sure this is a target podcast bud yeah <laughs> no one wants to hear well, about our hunting exploit. i'll tell you i'll tell you what those axis deer have little tiny dots all over them <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah dude hey we shot um the broadhead shoot not too long ago and uh you shot really good at that that's kind of like a, a target like a hunting setup target event yeah, I was, I was, I shot my RX five, and that was really happy with my broadhead flight. Like, um, yeah, you, you, you kicked know. the shit out of me at the at the Iron Pig. Yeah, I, I literally, I, I, I lost, I lost to Alan. 
I lost to Allen by exactly uh, 10 points that I would have had if I would have set my sight correctly on one, on one shot. Oh, no. yeah. Yeah. But Alan, Alan's a, but Alan's a working class pro. So, you know, what's that? I said, but Alan's the working class pro. He is, he is, he's my hero, man. Oh, he's one of my heroes. I got a handful of them. Yeah. I I, got to come up with a nickname for you. You're going to be like, like a Hoyt boy or something like that. I don't know. That's kind of demeaning. I'll come up with something else. <laughs> yeah, Alan's a good dude, man. Alan, Al, Al, in fact, Alan and I are both going um, to Hawaii to hunt axes deer. So that's cool. That's wonderful. But this yeah. is a target archery podcast, so <laughs> we're gonna get back into target archery. Uh, yeah. Well, we're 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 still talking about what what Sitka t-shirts we're gonna wear on the plane, and uh, <laughs> oh, you know, God. yeah. Oh man, that little row of uh, seats on that airplane is gonna smell like butthole. I promise. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, dude, I wanted to talk to you about um, going pro because we've always kind of had conversations about. I mean, like, we're kind of. I'm gonna veer us away from the one million BC shoot now. You pretty much said you pretty much confirmed all the stuff that I thought before. You know. Anyone that's going to the BC shoot, fucking get your sight marks together, get your third axis in, and just do it, like do the basic homework, right? Would you agree? Yeah, basic homework. But it's All also right. fun. It's also fun when to bring your family and have fun, dude. You know. Oh, to bring your family? Yeah, the kids love it. I, I, yeah, I guess. I mean, you know? unless you're trying to win it, unless you're trying to win it, you know. I, yeah, you bring your family. I I don't know what my audience is like. The demographic on my podcast is like uh like 20 something like incels i guess <laughs> i'm just kidding everyone <laughs> i'm just kidding but yeah basically it's the, it's the basic you know basic stuff for this event if your shit's together you'll do good right yep all right so enough about that we're gonna take that dog out back and shoot it in the face Ooh, that shit's dead now i want to talk yeah, we're going to talk about Rudy. Uh, me and Rudy have always talked about going pro. And there was something in the, the Blake Jerome podcast that I, me and Blake both agreed that there's no point in being in the pro class anymore because, um, you know, you're either shooting in the money class, which is open to everybody, or you're not, right? And then you're just shooting it, you're shooting the event just to shoot it. And I was telling Blake, like, oh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. That's why I'm not pro this year. I've been pro in the past. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'll shoot money when I shoot money. And then uh, Mark Rubio hit me up, and he was like, you know, he's like, no. He's like, no, bad boy, you're wrong. You're wrong. And without quoting him, because I want to get him on the podcast to explain, I want him, I want him to talk some crap to me, like, in real life, like I want to, I want to be, I want to be on that podcast when that happens. <laughs> hey, I know exactly what's going to happen. If Mark starts talking crap, you're going to jump right on and be like, I know, right? Make fun of his nose next. They're like, look at his ears. Like, no, no, we'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll keep it. I mean, I'll get you on there too. That, that'll be the time. next, that'll be the next rude cast. We'll, we'll do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll make it on the next rude cast for sure. It'll, we'll, we'll trap Rubio in the corner and get him to talk. <laughs> So, 
you know, and I know your opinion on this matter. It, like you and me have talked about this a lot in the past because we have friends that are like, you know, I think I'm going to get, you know, time to go pro, you know? And we've been like, well, why? Like, well, why do you want to go pro? There's like a legit reason to want to go pro, you know? And there's like, it's hard. It's, it's relatively hard. Well, I guess as I'm going, going back on the thing that I said in the past, it's not that hard, right? Um, no, it's not. I mean, the, the year that, that, uh, I think you and I decided to do it. Um, we also made a huge commitment financially. Yeah. Uh, I went to to go fly. We, we, yeah, we flew, we flew to every event, you know, we went to Vegas, we went to the Dakota classic, uh, you know, we went, we went to all of the national events you know, uh-huh. and, and, you know, we shot the minimum qualifying scores. At least I shot the minimum qualifying scores. Um, uh-huh. and, and, you know, you, you were busy winning them. Um, I, you know, so stop. it, um, but you know, that like, that was the criteria for being pro. Uh-huh. Um, and so, I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, my, my reason for, for going pro, um, and some people may or may not like it or agree with it was, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't consider myself a bad shooter. Uh-huh. Um, I don't consider myself the best shooter. Um, but I, and, 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 uh, you know, people can take it however they want to the way I say this, but I'm, I am in a uh, very uh, influential and person in Northern California and Uh in our area in the sport. I've been doing it for a long time and um, I've been successful because of of people like Mark Rubio and Randy, um, all the Randys, Randy Randy Tucker, uh, Randy Raglan and- um, Randy Long. And Randy Long, like all the Randys, you know, and, and, you know, (laughs) I've, I've, the I've done really well. And I've basically the expendables. Exactly. Yeah. Not and, and, Not and so, yeah. and so, and so I've shot really well, despite also working in the industry, working in a shop, running a shop, uh-huh. you know, um, what people don't realize is that if you want to get good at archery, don't, don't become a full-time industry person. Don't, uh-huh. don't work in a bow shop. Like, you know, now, now I'm going to say Blake Jarrell might be the exception there because he, he purchased a shop and, you know, um, I don't know what his business model is. I, I, I'm speculating that he has a very, uh, good range business, uh-huh. but you know, I, I work in a high retail in, environment where, where I'm, I'm selling and work sell, uh, and doing a, a very large volume of bows. Right. Um, and I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying the reality is, is I sell a lot of bows and Uh it takes a lot out of you. You don't always get to practice because when I get up in the morning and I want to go shoot my bow, you know, like this time of, like this time of year, you know, I have, I have, uh, appointments, uh, scheduled, uh, every other day for the next couple of weeks, two hours before we even open the store. Jesus, just to either a take care of somebody who's driving a couple hours to get their equipment 
fixed or set up because their local bow shop doesn't have what they need, you know, or, you know, whatever it is. So my, my point is, is like, you know, I, you know, I work really hard in this industry and despite all that, you know, I still go to these events and I still shoot really well. So my reasoning for going pro was more of a, of a business decision. It was like, you know what, I need to be shooting in the pro class. Um, I was there, there's a right way to go pro. Um, and you know, without getting into the conversation about, well, we need to also talk about sponsorship and then being, and also being pro, right. If, um, I think, I think it's a personal decision, but I think I, I have a, an answer to that, but I, I first want to say there's a few sponsors out there that will sponsor anybody, meaning like you could be a, you, you could never even break a 500 on a field round and, and you could be sponsored by, by a stabilizer company or sponsored by a site company, you know, yeah. but but Dude. if you want you want to shoot for Matthews or you want to shoot for Hoyt, you need to be a pro. Right. Like a pro pro, like a real like, pro. Like registered class pro. Not, yeah. you know, doesn't oh, mean that. I, and well, so I know for a fact, like I was always barking up Hoyt's tree trying to get a sponsorship. And George just straight up told me, like, it's real easy. Win an event in the pro class. He's like, you win an event in the pro class, you'll get on. It's not just winning an event, though. Like, I, I won events, just not in the pro class. Or you know? or become a pro and then have a a um, a uh, a presence or a, you know, a an, an audience. Yeah, a sphere of influence. And so I had the sphere of influence. Um, uh-huh. Not and let's because... be fair, Rudy, you were shooting really good, too. Yeah, so I had the sphere of influence. Um and and it, because of the support of all of everybody, I, you know, I, I didn't do this on my own. It was because, of, you know, you know, because everyone and and all of our friends in Northern California, people supported me. Um, and then I also had an opportunity where I had was spoke with people at Hoyt. I never asked the question. It was actually asked of me. I was uh-huh. asked, well, how come you're not shooting in the pro class? Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I just hadn't really thought about it. And they said, well, if whenever you go pro, I was told, hey, when you be, if you want to if you go pro, there's there's a, a, a place for you at Hoyt, you know. And so, you know, when when in my head, I had told myself I wouldn't go pro unless I was shooting a zero at Outlaws or uh, uh, until I was a zero handicap at Outlaws or, you know, we we did what we did at uh um, you know, three years ago and went and traveled to all those NFAA events and, and, yeah. and shot the, the scores. We shot, you know? we shot in every major national tournament. Yeah. And so when I, when I got my pro card, I mean, you know, I, I was, you know, I was, I was asked to shoot for Hoyt. Right. You know, and, and, and like I signed a legitimate contract with Hoyt. Um, right. And, to be fair, um, I, I, I got to say, you don't have to say it, but those companies that will sponsor anyone, it's Trueball XL. You, you don't have to say it, Rudy, because you're an industry guy. I am not an industry, yeah. industry guy. I got a, a, a staff shooter ID card in the mail 
for Truball XL, and I never even signed it. I, I don't even remember talking to somebody. I think I just bought something in Vegas, and then I was like, "Holy shit, I'm pro staff." Yeah, now, it's please. it's not a it's not a real sponsorship. Uh, I mean, I mean, it is. I guess that's their company's. You know, I mean, and to be fair, that's not everybody. Not everyone has that same experience. Yeah. I know some people like legit get in there and, and you know, impress yeah. people and get get signed up. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so so it's a it's a like back to what you're asking me. It's a business decision. Like, right. I right. I did it because. I feel like I should be good enough to, to hold my own in that class, you know, and, um, um, you know, and, and to be quite honest with you, like, like, uh, you know, I did listen to that interview you had with Blake and uh-huh. in my opinion, um, Blake, uh, has, does all of the things that we just talked about. He has a circle of influence. He's in uh-huh. the industry. He has, he owns two, two stores now. Um, right has a very successful range business, a, a successful online store. Um, he has students that he coaches. Um, Who are also know. champions. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say Blake pretty much did everything I did just a little bit better than I did <laughs> right now. So, you know, like, like, you know, but you know, it, everyone has their reasons for, for doing it. And I mean, um, I, I would say it, 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 it's personal, but I think if, if you're only becoming pro and you're not in the industry and your only reason for being pro is because you're, you're seeking sponsorship or you think you're going to make a living at it. Or, well, you want, I think, or you just want the fucking title. I know a lot of yeah, if you just want the, if you, title, just, if just you want the, say, if you want the title and you're right. not actually doing something that's benefiting the community, then you're yeah. not really a pro. You know what I mean? Hey, like, dude, I, I feel like honest, I, I wanted the fucking title. But I put in uh-huh. a crap load of work to get the title. And then when I got it, I was like, this title does nothing for me. You know? Yeah. I, I think I think if if you look at, like, like if you read the, the NFAA, like, what it means for, to be a pro, it, uh-huh. it goes way beyond just shooting good scores, you know, uh-huh. and, and winning. It, it has to do with how you promote the sport and, and what you uh-huh. do to grow the sport. And, and I feel like I've given – a greater part of my adult life to the sport and, and some of the local clubs, um, you know, yeah, you are one of the few people that have grown this, like you've actually grown the sport, Rudy, you know, like not to, not to, you know, blow smoke up your ass, but you've, you've actually grown the sport. Like you've added people to archery. I think I've only taken people out of archery. (laughs) Well, you've sent them home crying because you shot so well. Yeah. I mean, I've made some (laughs) trad guys scared. To, to show up at ranges too so <laughs> i'm not yeah. like the i'm not like the nicest guy out there yeah i i think i think if if you're doing anything just for just for, because you think you're going to get sponsorship like you know then you're you're crazy and, and here's you're, the funny yeah, thing like, for the wrong like i too. i actually have a, a real contract with white okay yeah. um but i don't i i have not used that at all to my advantage um, by going to other manufacturers and saying, yeah, I, give me this, give me that. I still buy, um, everything else, uh-huh. you know, like, like I, I, the other thing too, is I would have never signed a contract with the bow company if I didn't like believe that that was the best piece of equipment for me. And, and, yeah, and, uh, I know Rudy, I know you way love 
but I don't, I don't, I don't currently have a contract with any site company. I don't have. I would um, love to be in the engineering design room, and they, you know, I'd like to give them some some of my pointers. But you know, I, I got my own, I got my own beefs with engineering. It's not just Hoyt. Everyone's got to. I feel like all boat manufacturers got to be stepping it up right now. There's always room for improvement. I mean, I think you're right. I think there's always going to be, uh, you know. And hopefully next year, yeah, the bows are and, and better. I mean, if you look at what we were shooting 10 years ago, you know, the bows are, are um, it's leaps in, is a night, like night day difference. Like, yeah. like just like, especially with hunting bows, like, like I'm shooting in the RX-5 right now, uh-huh. you know, and like that bow compared to what, you know, 10 years ago is, is to, to shoot a bow that as fast as it is, you know, you had to shoot a bow that would require uh, shoulder surgery every, <laughs> after every shot, you, you know? And so like, you know, they're, they're just, they, the manufacturers get better at building that's bows. That's true. That's true. I'm shooting the V3, that matches V3 for, for hunting. And that's yeah. stupid. It's incredibly, it's awesome. Awesome the V3 bow. is a phenomenal bow. Like that's a great bow. Like like that. There's like very few bows out there that that suck. You know, it, it's just what works for you. And and like I said, I would have never signed a contract if I didn't believe in it. And as of right, right. now, like you know, I still buy all my stuff. Like I paid full per retail price for uh-huh. to for a new scope that I want to play around with that I've been wanting to try for a while. Uh-huh. You know, and I paid I paid full retail for it because you you know it, I. Right. Our store doesn't have a a dealer contract with uh, with um, this particular company, but I I ordered it online uh, uh-huh. directly from them, and I want to try it. And if I like it, then we'll open, you know, then we'll West Coast will start carrying them in the store to sell, you know, like yeah. so. Well, you said so, West Coast. I should say that's where I got my bow. Yeah, I, and and so you know, I, I so I feel like I like you know part of being pro is also. I, I probably sell more equipment than some pros that podium, it, you know, like, so, so I think like, you know, part of my reasons for doing it, like I said, it's a business decision and, and some people may or may right. not agree with it. And that may even, it may even anger some people or they may even think that it's a, uh, you know, not a good reason, but, but I think, I think just the way if we're using the NFAA as an example, like I think the way our class structure is set up for, upward mobility there is no upward mobility in in our sport right you know like if you show up to a to a state tournament you know you are automatically an a class right no matter what kind of score you shoot there yeah i'm here but sorry man all right so we're talking this is where i want yeah definitely want to get into this we're talking about upward mobility like the class system that we have right so like we were saying we were talking earlier this morning about it used to be a b and c class and then it was pro class right it's still there it's still there but what if you let's say that you bought a bow on on friday and then the following weekend you decide to go to your local a local 3d shoot or i'm sorry excuse me a local safari or even a regional field shoot, 
you are automatically an A-class shooter regardless of whatever score you shoot, uh-huh. right? You have to prove that you suck in order to get into a, the B-class or the C-class. And, and, and I'm not saying that to be offensive to someone who may be in those classes, but downward to want to, to prove that you need to go down in class, who wants to do that except for somebody who maybe wants to sandbag? And yeah, win I in mean, those classes, okay. right? So I did go down a class. <laughs> I did right. go down so, a class so, last year. <laughs> it, it's a little different because you know they, they start you in A class, right? Uh-huh. And and so really, honestly, like if you're shooting in B or C class in in 2021, like either either you've come to terms with your ability to shoot and that's as good as you're gonna be, or like you are sagging. And right. so, you know, I think I want to use uh, our, our buddy McKenna uh, uh, as an example, because he's, he's um, shooting uh, in the U matches, right? Uh-huh. That's and a handgun so, competition type thing, right? Gun, rifle, and shotgun, right? Or, I don't, actually, I take that back. I don't know. But it's, it's for people that want to play John Wick on the weekend. It, exactly. Like, if you've seen John Wick, like, that's USPCA. Like, it is some really difficult shooting that you do, right? Uh-huh. No matter how good you are, you start at the bottom, right? And even, uh-huh. like, you know, D-class, E-class, you know, I don't know how low it goes, but, like, let's just say C-class, right? Uh-huh. And even if you're shooting A-class scores right? You still have to work your way up through those tiers. So there's always upward mobility, right? Right. In archery, there is no upward mobility. You are automatically in A class. So Uh people either A, get discouraged by going to their first tournament because you're automatically in A class and they didn't shoot as good as everybody else, right? And then they go, but why would I want to you know, apply for my handicap to go down to a C. Like, right. Somebody who naturally wants to get good wouldn't put themselves through that. But if everyone started in C class and then you had to work your way up, then someone always has a goal, you know, right. like, because then I think somebody like yourself, that I someone really like, like yourself, the outlaw, the outlaw system has upward mobility kind of built into it, you know? Well, it, it does. It does. But the the where it gets complicated is because there's money involved. Uh-huh. If you automatically made somebody a six, right? Uh-huh. Um, a six handicap, which is the starting point. Then then. Um, but let's say you're capable of shooting um, a. Uh, you know, a three a, handicap a, or a, two a, handicap. a one or a two. Right. You game the system. Ultimately. You game this system. You won money and you beat somebody in an upper class, you know, and yeah. so it's and it becomes unfair. And and a perfect example is that happened in Outlaw. Um, Colton Hamilton. Right. Uh-huh. Um, he's a phenomenal shooter. He's a great kid. And, and he didn't do this at all on purpose. But when he was really young, you know, he was shooting a lot with Henry Bass and Steve Anderson and those guys. And um, all he ever shot was those FIDA events, right? Uh-huh. And um, he had shot Redding but didn't do well because he had a, an equipment malfunction. 
And then he went to Oregon, uh, Greater Safari, um, and he he subs- he filled in for um, for uh, I think uh, Buck Heron couldn't shoot, so he partnered with Aaron Cahoon, and then my partner couldn't shoot uh, Oregon, so Henry Bass st- uh, part I partnered with Henry Bass to fill in for that shoot, right? Colton shot six down. Wow, you know. And people were like, why does this guy have six handicap? Wow. You know? And right. and it and it was and it, he didn't do anything wrong. He just right. was a six based on the system. So so Outlaws is great. And I got nothing but awesome things to say about Outlaws. Uh-huh. But but right. it's not a perfect system. And right. The perfect and, system and, would be more like this USPCA. Exactly. I think in the perfect system. Because Outlaws is only three events a year. There's state tournaments. There's uh, local tournaments, or you know, there's regional tournaments, and then there's national tournaments. And so I think if if you, I think if uh, people, you know, automatically started at the bottom, even if they shot an A class score, right? If if they had to work their way through the, those steps, I think people would stay in the sport longer. Some people like yourself might have move up through the through those steps very quickly within a year, but I think you would have a a, people people would have a I think people would get better because you wouldn't you wouldn't be automatically in the A class and be the you know shoot shoot decent but maybe don't don't win or experience winning. And then, and then, um, you know, have to lose to you or to you and me all the time, or Mark Rubio <laughs> or Austin. No you one's know, losing to me and anymore. feel defeated. Everyone's losing. It's Blake Jerome who everyone's going to be losing to. Yeah, or I mean, Austin. I mean, ima- imagine, imagine like you go to your very, very first, uh, you know, safari and you shoot a a nine or sorry, an eight ninety, which is a great score, you know, for uh-huh. a beginner, right? And, and you go, wow, I shot so amazing. But then you shot, but then you lost to Blake Jerome, who just shot a 9.23 on the first day. Right. Like, you're like, wow, I'm not, I don't even belong here. Right. <laughs> but, but if you, let's say with that 8.91 that day in the C class, and you go, wow, I won in my C class, but look at what the guys in A class are shooting. It gives right. them something to look forward to to and and has and like i said upward mobility right it gives people something to strive for too people in c class would then want to strive to be at the big dog and b class i got out of c class now i'm in b class not yes i'm in a class and and like i said you going down does not work going up works and right and i I know dude going down worked for me this year man i went down and we fucking rocked that break the barrier shoot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything about that. I but. feel like I feel like Mark was trying to tell me in not so many words. He's like, "This is for the break the barrier shoot window. You better get back in the pro class." And dude, yeah. if I can, I'll get back in the pro class next year, just because yeah. you know. It, I, I respect the. Uh, I respect this whole thing about, you know, getting out of the way of the guys in the class under you. You know? Yeah, but see, so here's the other problem too. Like, the 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 way that the scores are separated, like C class, like I haven't looked at what the 
what the range of scores on a field round are to be in the C class. But I mean, there it, it is low. I mean, it is like out of a out of a you know out of a. Right. It's ridiculous. It, it's it's ridiculous. Low. So so the thing is, is people are shooting better. The equipment is better. I think if they reevaluate what those scores are, I think what is greatly needed in the NFAA is maybe a semi-pro class. So something in between A and pro, that would be you know, cool. and, you know, and, and, and I think, I think if, if, like I said, this whole, like, then I don't feel like people who someone like Blake Jerome when he started out, if he had to work all his way through those classes, I guarantee you that guy would have zero problems with becoming a pro because right. he would already have been used to moving up in classes. And it's just the way that the sport is done. Uh-huh. It's, it's a, you know, it, you either, you know, if you, like I was thinking, if you automatically win, uh, you know, uh, a championship in, in that class, you move up to the next class for the next event. Or right. if for the entire year you shoot a certain average, you move up to the next class. You know, that happened to McKenna, right? McKenna, McKenna, I believe, took first place in one of the classes in one of the divisions that he shot in. And then the very next event that he went to, he had to shoot in the, in the next higher class, uh-huh. right? And then he went to another event where he didn't win but shot his average um, from the year prior, moved him into the next level, and, and at first he was telling me, dude, he's like, if I wouldn't have shot, like he was telling me that if, if he would have been able to stay in that same class, he would have won the championship in that, in that division. But instead he got like third place in the next division, you know? And it's like, you know what I'm saying? That, so somebody might get screwed and winning in a certain class, but it's fair because you're always moving in one direction. Right. So, that makes sense. That does make sense. You know, and, and, uh, but, but I think that's, that would fix a lot of things. So hopefully someone from the NFAA is listening, you know, and, and no, some there, people may or may isn't. not agree. There isn't. <laughs> well, maybe there if, might be if, a dude at 7 Eleven right now in an empty like 7 Eleven who's listening to this podcast going, oh, yes, very. Well, maybe. Hello? I don't think anyone, I don't think Chuck Cooley's at home going like, Oh damn! <laughs> yeah, I just think honestly, the way we've been doing things, there's a lot of old school way of doing stuff, and uh-huh. a lot of it has to do with people trying to combat um, sandbagging. But yes. I think I think the the way you fix that is forcing everybody to have upward mobility. Right. Now, starting everybody now. as high, starting everyone as high as they they start, uh-huh. you know, encourages that kind of bullshit. You know? I think I think I sandbag a little bit this this year. I it caught up to me because I lost my handicap points right away. But you know, I'm also like this thing we were talking about earlier. I feel like a guy like Blake Blake's room. If he stopped practicing, like he's built a foundation for himself. Where if he just stopped practicing, he could probably pick up his bow and shoot a nine eighteen. You know? Would you agree? Yeah, I think what you and I were talking about earlier is like I think it's um to provide a little bit like context. more context. Yeah. Well, what, what were we talking about? Because it was something that had to do with like 
Yeah, well, I think we I think we were talking about pro stuff here a second ago, but I uh-huh. think like I think what it has to do with you know in the past, you know, and when we when we started the rootcast um, on the other on the other show, you know, our whole purpose for starting that that podcast was to try to make people to help people get better and and right. and, and shoot better, and that's still the goal of rootcast, uh, and we will start that up again here soon, I promise, once I get more time. Um, but, um, I'm game, buddy. Count me in. Um, I think, I think, uh, you, you mentioned it a few times in your show here, uh, where, you know, when are you going to, if you're going to get better, you have to put in the time. If you don't practice, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to get any better. And I think, I think everybody who starts off in archery, there's this like honeymoon phase where you're so excited to just be shooting a bow. You know, like you want to do it all the time. Like you just eat, breathe and sleep it to the yeah. point to where you're like your friends and family are tired of hearing about it because that's all you talk about. Oh, yeah. You know, and and that's all you're doing. So you get better because you're shooting a lot. And I uh-huh. think those who get to the very next level like you ha- like or the highest level like you have um, either had a mentor um, like, like someone like Emerson, um, you know, myself, someone like Buck Heron, um, and, and like we had people that were there to kind of, you know, outline what, you know, what we're doing. So I think like, as you get better, those who document their progress or, or like are able to explain, how, how should I say it? Uh, have a process that they that that they have either memorized or written down you know will will get better faster and maintain it versus someone if someone just shoots a whole bunch gets really good but doesn't have any idea how they got there you know how 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 are they going to get any better right or if they stop shoot or they or how do they they're they're not they'll stop shooting for a month and then come back and completely suck. And I think that's what I was getting at with like someone maybe like Blake or Austin or you. Um, if we stop shooting for a couple months, like, you know, I have spreadsheets on my computer of what I do, you know, you know, in my shop process. And I right. think you're, you're able to, you know, take a break and come back to it, you know? Well, I've noticed, I, <laughs> Dude, when I shoot now, I'm taking all these notes as to like what's happening, or I'm like, oh man, now, like now I'm missing at this distance, and oh, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm having, I'm struggling with this now. Do you remember that scene in The Fly when he's like taking notes about himself, and he's like, mm, I've just grown hair on the back of my my arms, and I vomit on my donuts. Remember that? The I have no fly. idea. I have no you idea what you're talking about. No. I was I too busy. Someone out there will someone out there will know what I'm talking about. He's, he I was too busy being popular. <laughs> but he's taking notes about himself because he's changing. He's turning into this fly monster thing. Okay. Right. And I I, I think about this all the time because I'm like, oh god, what the fuck's happening? I'm like losing it because I'm not putting in the time that I used to. Right. And it just reminds me of like, you know, that was my main reason for going back to class, like like willingly going back to class because I I knew I couldn't put in the the practice to hit at that upper that upper yeah. class 
level that we were talking about. So I think, I think, well, I'm glad you say that because, you know, to shoot at that highest level or to be at that really high level of shooting, like, I mean, the reason why, you know, 1% of archers are at the very highest level of winning all the time is because they, they put in the, the work, you know, to, uh-huh. to, to push that bar. And I think like somebody like Paige or, you know, um, like, uh, Kyle Douglas, like those guys are grinding all the time. Like those guys shoot a lot and, you know, they are, they are perfecting their, their mental game and they're perfecting their, 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 that, their process, you know, uh-huh. not that they haven't uh, built it, but here's the thing. How is it that a lot of these pros, we, we just had a year of COVID or two years of COVID where we had no events, we had nothing going on, right? But yet all the pros came back and records were still set. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, it, you know, it was, it was easy. I don't want to say it was easy, but a lot of people seem to have just, you know, picked up, picked picked up where they left off i feel like some of them have and some of them haven't i feel like a couple pros have come back and like really are like sitting taller than they were before and then others are just like whatever well it depends on who's hungry or not you know because i haven't seen any pros fall off meaning i haven't seen any any, well i mean i haven't seen anybody who had a terrible performance like i know some people maybe didn't shoot as well as they wanted to or maybe they I know, didn't like, win. Tate, Tate Morgan and Paige are on this level of like, we don't miss. Like that is, it, they're on that, you know, Chris Perkins is like, we, I don't miss, you know? And now Blake is on this, I don't miss level. There's like a whole new, I feel like coming out of COVID, there's a new class of shooter now. This like, yeah. this ultra elite, We'll, we'll call it the the Perkins class, oh Perky class, you know. I'm gonna call it the Wendell class because you technically, and I know somebody said somebody else has done it before, but you were the first one in California, to, in really? my opinion, shoot a you nine were... a perfect score because because I heard that somebody had done it before in the state, but that was when that was with big Thomas Jefferson sized dots nipple dots. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you who watch Family Guy know what I'm Uncle talking Sam about. Size dots. Was it Uncle Sam? Yeah, whatever. But you know what I'm saying? Like that's when Lodi had those gigantic dots. All right. Holy cow! Like, um, like, and so you did it with legitimate dots. So well, I'm gonna buddy, say in the Safari game, you were the first. I even appreciate though, that. I I really do appreciate that, but I I I don't think it does any. Uh, I do appreciate that, you know, but. As I, like I've said before, the second that event hey, is If over, you need to pull over and cry, be my guest. No, no, no. I'm not going to cry about it because the second that event, that version of yourself dies. And I believe you have to start training to reinvent yourself for the next event. And maybe that seems like guys like Brandon Williamson can just kind of like, it's like they're preserved in oil or something and they can just pull themselves out and squeegee themselves off and then shoot a 920 and then dip themselves back in that barrel again. It's weird. 
Well, I think, like I said, I think it depends on your mindset, right? And, and yeah. I think there are those people out there. And I'm going to say, and I think there are those who have gotten really good. They've put in the work and um, they've built equity in their, you know, they've uh-huh. built this tremendous amount of, of equity, you know? And, right. you know, and so they arrows, like arrows downrange, uh, like shots behind the bus, yeah, all that you know, stuff. and they have it down. Right. And they can come, they can go live a, a you can be a working class pro and then come back and, and win a, a national level event, you know, like, Even like I've Alan, seen. Alan came out swinging this year, dude. It was crazy. Yeah. And I think, and I think it has to do with, with, um, I think I think it has to do with when you put you put in the, that level of work and once you get there, I don't feel like oh, you're up yeah I can hear you you cut out for a second but that's fine. I think once you put in the work, you don't really lose it. You just have to maintain it, you know. Yes. And and I think different people maybe deal with it on a different level, but I think what but what happens in the one percent and I'm talking about that those elite level shooters like Paige. Uh-huh. Um, Kyle Douglas, Levi Morgan, is to to be dominant or dominate in in a class or dominate in the sport. You have to practice a lot, and you have you have to be you have to be you 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 truly are like that's your job. You 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 have to have that work ethic, right. you know. Um, but you know, the rest of us that are I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to include myself, but I'm going to say someone like Alan um, or Brand, and Brandon Williamson or, you know, um, um, the guys like that, you know, they're there. They're at that level. They're, they're, they just, they have life. They have work. They have other things that they need to focus their time and energy on. And when they yeah. have time to shoot their bow, they come, they, they, they come in and they, and, and, you know, you know, like they, they come out of nowhere. They come out like in like stepbrothers where they're like, we're here to fuck shit up and they fuck shit up, <laughs> you know, like they're, yeah, they're, they you know, like you're, you're about to get a piece of these two, you know, and, and, and like Ben English is a good example of that, man. Like, you know, Ben English, like that year that he won um, outdoor nationals uh-huh. or, uh, or field nationals. Like, I mean, he, that year it, he was just like, no one could touch Ben English that year. Right. You know, and he wanted it so bad. Like, you know, talking to that when I was talking to him that year, you know, like nobody was going to stand in that guy's way. And you know what? I saw the same look in Blake's face, um, you know, when when I saw him at um, the first shoot uh, at the the Reading warm up back in February. Uh Same look. Like that guy was going to put in the work to dominate and he chose to do it and he did it. And I guarantee you, if Alan got that fire under his ass to do that, he would do it next year. If Brandon yeah. got the fire to do that, he would do it next year. Doesn't mean that they may not show up to the event and win those events, you know, but if he gets that, you know, that, you know, that, that little additive into the fuel tank there, man, he's going to, they're going to, they can do it. Yeah, but that little additive is like five hours of practice a day. It is. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. I know, dude. And I'm almost thinking of just le- le- like leaning back and trying to be like the cool guy in archery, not the guy that shoots hella good. 
Yeah, but you, but you, 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 you can't be that guy because you already are at that, that like kind of cool guy level, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you can get any cooler. Am I, you think I'm as cool as Greg Poole? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're definitely not as cool as Greg Poole. Nobody's as cool as Greg. <laughs> I guess um, I just have to strangle some coolness out of people. <laughs> you're gonna have to muster something up, but no, I mean like, I think oh, I think like you're at a level where like, you know, if if the if you had the time and and the circumstances to put the work into it, you know, you would be you would be dominating. Like I still feel like I, I've always said I feel like I'm a nine fifteen shooter. Right, I think I could. I think I could shoot a nine fifteen, or somewhere close, plus or minus two. You can have I, a bad day and shoot a nine fifteen. Nah, I think if I can have a bad day, I shoot nine thirteen. <laughs> but that's where I feel like I'm about, you know. But I don't know. I just don't practice enough. It's hard to say. I'm starting yeah. to get some arrows behind the bow now. Now that everything's about. But to you don't. Over. But you don't. But I guess you don't lose that elite level ability, unless. Yeah. Unless you unless 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 you take up another sport like cornhole, I think for for every for every uh, hole you corn, um, you you lose like one average point. Yeah, and and one level point in the outlaws. And and you you gain a a one more. um, You lose one level of coolness uh, for every hole (laughs) you 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 corn. You lose two levels of coolness. But no, I don't. I don't think you lose it. I, I. I. just think that you, someone at the elite level, can can maintain it. They. You can hold it there. Like. I. I feel like this year. I. I shot, a thousand times better. Than I have in the past, given the minimal amount of effort I gave into every event. Uh huh. And when I you say shot minimal, really good this year, Rudy. I. I think. I, and, uh, I think you and, lost a handicap point somewhere along this season. Also, I mean, um, I mean, you I was lost a two all because no, I was a two. I was a two, and then and then um, at Reading, I I confirmed that too. Yeah, well, um, I lost. I, think, I lost. I've lost all my handicaps in Reading. All, any any handicap points I ever had, right, was was right. always lost in Reading. Yeah, you did really good, Reading, dude. That was awesome. Re- Reading has always been like my like the event that I, I do put the time and effort to, but I'm going to say this year, I, I certainly did not put, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like talk like a cool guy. I'm just saying like, I got a new job. I got a new house. Um, I moved to another city and uh, another town, you know, yeah. um, I didn't have time to practice like I, I had in the past. Um, and I don't have access to, the same facility that I used to have when I lived in San Francisco where I could shoot every morning and right. put in that time. And I feel like I shot, um, like the, what I shot this year was way better than the amount of practice I put into it. Yeah. You, know? you did shoot really good. I feel like your mindset played a lot into it. Yeah. You know, but I think I, part I of that too is, I think part of that too is, you know, I, I said that if you, you worked in, I said earlier that if you work in the industry, it's a good way to, um, kill your archery and and, and uh-huh. I, I guess what I should say is it, it kills your 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 time in archery that you for yourself it doesn't make you a worse shooter I should probably clarify that um, right you know 
since I do. Right. It just makes it hard to get time for yourself. I, it's harder to get time for yourself. And if you're trying to grow or get better, um, it's, it's very challenging to do that. So uh-huh. I feel like, you know, every day I'm helping people and I'm teaching people archery. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm living vicariously through my clients and my students, you know, I'm, I'm really, all I'm doing is I'm running my shop process through them. You know, when, when someone picks up a new bow, you take them out into the range and you walk them through, I walk them through every single thing that I do when I shoot a bow Uh as as best as I can. Some people I have to, some people you have to dumb it down a little bit and some people you have to you know, literally break it down. I need it, it dumbed way down. <laughs> My yeah, some people, some people, like some people, you steps. gotta be like, some people, you gotta be like, is that, does those two, does your peep line up with your site? Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Are you aiming in the middle? Yep. Okay. All right. You know, like, rip it, like some rip people, it. you, you have some people, you're just like, they're just not gonna get it, and it's like, all right, full send. You know? <laughs> yeah, full send. The Adam Ross full, one step full shot send. process. Full send. send. And then some people. I haven't checked yet. I'm sending it. And then some people, you know, like, you know, like, like I said, but every day I'm, I'm, you're, you're living it and you're doing it. And so. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, I I feel like your mental game really helped out a lot this year. And I mean, especially us as when we shot as a team, your mental game helped out a lot. And uh, I feel like, like one of the things we were saying earlier is like, the 895 shooter or the, the high 890 shooter is a 910 shooter that just hasn't gotten the mental blocks away Yeah, from from realizing they're capable of the 910. It's right there. Yeah, you but know? you said something to me. You said something quite a few times um, when we've shot together and, and, you know, we've hung out with Darren and Bet and Jim, uh-huh. you know, and you've told and you've 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 told me a couple of things you said, you said that you've noticed that I'm a lot happier now. I'm a lot, I'm a lot less grumpy, <laughs> yeah. you know, working, working for where, you know, I'm working for Hans and Adrian Olaf's, um, at yeah, West they've Coast actually made like, you funnier somehow. I, I have gotten, I've always been funny. Um, no, you have, I just, no, you I've just, no, I've gotten no, next true. level you're, funny. You're funny now. I'll give you that. You're funny now. They, they they facilitated an environment for me to really work on my type five, um, <laughs> but uh, no. But I mean, this, like, like this podcast is where I work on my jokes, but unfortunately, nobody laughs. Yeah, if the if if that was your full time job, I'd say you need to find a new job. <laughs> no, but, but I think I think you said it, and and I agree, man. I think like this year I was a much happier person with the new job, um, new, yeah, new, new adventure. And it shows in your shooting, dude. Your shooting yeah, is good. I, I genuinely, I'm like really happy to be shooting my bow whenever I get a chance to shoot it. Whereas before I was just like, um, I, you know, yeah, I, I, I really, like I really, I really liked what I was, I really liked the last shop I was at too. But I think here I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, I have a, a way longer leash. Yeah, or I should say but I don't also, have. A, I've, actually, I have like no leash at all. I should say like yeah. I'm. Also, I'm you a, being I'm a, I'm a free range Rudy. You're free range. Yeah, I doubt it. You got a lot of sponsors on that jersey. You look pretty buttoned down to me. <laughs> well, but I'm happy. Also, I'm happy. What's funny is like you're you're happier, 
right? And I think that makes you a better ambassador, you know, for that, for your all those sponsors on your jersey and a better bass ambassador. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if we would have done if we would have done this episode like two years ago, I would have been like, "Why the fuck do you want to do archery?" Yeah, fuck the world Don't... and everybody in it, right? No, I'm joking. I wouldn't have said that. No, I I would have been like, I, I might have been a little bit more cynical about the the process. Yeah. But... Yeah, but now you're walking around, dude. You got this big smile on your face all the time. You know. You're showering again. <laughs> I've always showered. It's great, dude. <laughs> I'm showering. <laughs> it's true. It's horrible. Someone oh, was. <laughs> I was talking to somebody about you the other day, and I was like, "Have you seen Rudy's face lately?" You tell me. You tell me. Being gay is a choice when God made a face like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, I don't know, man. It's just it's great. It's great. Everything is good now. Like. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I don't Brundle fly lose more points, and that you know next year we hit that break the barriers and we can do more damage. I won't. I won't be sandbagging like I did this year. Yeah. No. I think. I think honestly, like, like you asked earlier about becoming a pro. Um, uh-huh. I think in the West Coast, I think if you're shooting, if you're shooting, um, you know, good, good scores. Um, like I'll be honest, Doug Rosen should be a pro. I'm going to just start uh, naming people off here, right? Uh-huh. Doug Raza needs to be a pro. Like, if he's not uh-huh. holding a pro card next year, by the, you know, or if he's not holding a pro card by January, um, uh, I'm going to – you're – I don't know. I'll, I'll think of a threat for him later off air. Yeah, I was trying to think um, of something funny to say about Doug, too, but he's just – I could just see his face, like, scowling. I mean, he's a, re, he's a retired, like, you know, Sacramento cop, so I'm gonna, yeah. maybe I won't. Is that I'll why go a little all his bit easier. Blue? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> probably. I don't know. Um, oh, but anyways, man. yeah. So, but but if he's not holding the pro card next year, uh, shame on you, Doug. Um, if if uh, Austin's not holding a pro card next year, shame on you, Austin. Oh, he will be. He's hungry. Blake. Blake, you need to like be where have Blake needs to have a pro card. Like, I hope he has one by you know, by end of next week, uh, Friday, I hope they make a special one for him. I, I hope they give him a gold plated one, you know, cause <laughs> if you're going to, not everyone can go pro the way that Blake did. Um, and I think that's like, if that's the, I'm going to say, like I'm going to say that's the most honorable way to do it. Okay. I'm going to say that's the purest way to do it. Yeah. If the you're way, do the it, way, the way that Blake it did it is the purest way. Hands yeah, well, down. I mean, to be fair, that's the same way I did it. <laughs> I, uh, uh, yeah so. i mean and i would say you too yes you the way you did it hands down <laughs> the way you guys did it uh oh, i'm dude. trying to think who who else needs to be holding a pro card this year next year uh, uh aaron cahoon i don't know what happened to aaron but i'm sure he needs to have one he got uh i heard i heard he discovered fly fishing and it's like the most fun shit in the world yeah fly fishing that's an acceptable thing to do so i'll, I'll give him that Hey, how funny would it be if the way he fly fishes is he throws a bag of corn into a lake? If if Randy Raglan is listening, I I I I I care and love that guy so uh, too much to to lose him to cornhole. Randy who? Like Randy Raglan. I never heard of him. He need if Randy's listening, 
Um, you're way better than cornhole. You need to come <laughs> back to archery um, and, and show us all how it's done. Um, but, but yeah, you know, and if I miss somebody, I'm really sorry. I'm sure there's more of you out there. I, I but there's know. enough. There's enough. There's enough elite level shooters in this state. Yeah. To have a legitimate pro class at the state yeah. level. And yeah. Region. California has some shooters, and that's one thing. That and, I'm and we need to. And we need to. And and we need to leave it open. We need to op- leave it open for some of these guys. If a changes the rule, or does does it the way I'm outlining it? Like, we don't need to reinvent the wheel here. Right. We just need to look at other sports and see how it's done. That, uh-huh. that are successful and emulate it and in my opinion you know three gun uspca is doing it correctly uh-huh you know i think that you know i think the the way that they have it down you know that's the way to do it but in the meantime like we have to we have to kind of self-regulate i think and um like we always have and uh I think there's enough people to have a legitimate pro class in California. Right. I agree. And it wouldn't be, and it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't feel right if you weren't in it. And if Emerson wasn't in it either. Well, I I don't think me or Emerson are putting the work in to be pro class. I, we just spent the last like 68 minutes talking about how, you never lose that ability. And so even if you're not ah. practicing, you can still show up and, and, and shoot a, a score that, you know, most people would, would have, would, you know, you know, give their most prized possession to, to shoot on, on your worst day. Hey, I, I, maybe if they bring back the, the B class, nah. you know? Yeah. Or something like that, but I don't know. I'm gonna try to get my my nose to the grindstone. I'm working on it. Yeah, I know you're yeah. down there shooting in your basement, like so. Don't yeah. pretend like you're not doing some work. Oh, and oh, I, I will. Uh, I will it. say this. I will say this. You you said something. Um, you were asking everybody before about blank bailing, you know, uh-huh. and how that works and stuff. And so, like, I've always been a big fan of blank bailing too. Um, like, the fact that uh, I mean, that's like mandatory. Uh-huh. in in uh in like the usa archery format like if you're if like i mean that's that's like like chapter three in in the textbook of blank billing like that's just common sense so if there's anybody out there telling uh people that they shouldn't be blank billing then they're an idiot <laughs> i doesn't break galantine says he never shoots unless there's a spot in front of him i don't know i don't want to like put dirty words in people's mouths so I, I mean, I, 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 am going to, I'm not going to name names, but there was a, a prestigious level shooter who would uh, occasionally teach seminars um, at one of the local um, uh, events every year. Um, and I one time heard him tell someone who at that shoot, who's now an elite level shooter uh-huh. um, that blank billing doesn't do anything for you. Oh um, man. I hope and, that wasn't me. No, it wasn't you. Uh, no, it was it was somebody who who used to be pro back in the day, and and they were very opinionated about art, like just how, how things were being done now, and they just they seemed kind of sour on 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 like like they they were talking about archery in its heyday. I mean, they were they were like almost talking about archery as like in the past tense of like 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 archery is dying; it's no longer good anymore. And then 
and someone was asking him for advice and I was in earshot of that person talking to that person and and uh one and and they flat out said what does blank billing do for you he's like he's like in competition you don't shoot a blank bill you shoot at a dot and 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 it was kind of like well like actually you know yeah I'll just leave it at that. Dude, could you imagine if in competition you shot at a blank bail? I'd be the Blake Jerome of archery. <laughs> <laughs> you we, could call well, me Wendell Blake Jerome Souza. <laughs> that yeah. almost that almost works. <laughs> Watch, It'll, Blake's still find a way to beat me. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 sure at that point it would like go away from from archery, and he would just probably like just pin you down and just beat the crap out of you. <laughs> oh man and i'd have to say i'd have to say i i would if if he if he said i'm gonna beat the shit out of window i might help him hold you down (laughs) yeah yeah he would have found a partner for that event yeah well dude hey man we did 81 minutes you are the you're officially the longest podcast on my uh my pod longest running podcast guest I'm probably the most boring too, but that's fine. Well, we'll see. We wax poetically for like an hour and a half. We'll see how it goes. All right, man. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. I'll get you on again, and we'll talk about some shit people want to hear about, okay? All right, man. Later. Thanks, Rudy. All right.